0: Okay guys, this one's one's about compost and I think, um, well let me just route a little background here. Uh, I started composting in about uh, 72 or something like that. Um, I used to be a landscaper and I composted many, many pickup trucks full of, um, the thing I used the most of was Sawdust horse bedding. They put it in the stalls. The horses, of course, crap in it and and pee in it, which is all good for you. And it's cleaner than like a cow manure. It's got all kinds of uh, pesticides and herbicides, and you know, just uh, the they put too much salt in it and uh, antibiotics in the cattle and everything else like that. And then so that stuff should be a like a one of the major, um, field fertilizers, um, but it's not. Um, if you were gonna fatten cattle and you had to put them on, um, uh, like a bottom feed, uh, the smart thing to do then would be to take, like, say, some pasture land that's maybe a little bit on the weak side anyway, um, and go ahead and put them out on like a square mile or something, a large area. And then, um, um, put the feet out there for them. They let them wander around and graze the natural stuff. So you get every nickel's worth of that you can use, you know, and, and, um, they would automatically spread the manure on the pasture. Uh, and that's what Mother Nature used to do with the bison running around on the Great Plains. Uh, the, the grass got eaten, uh, and the carbon, if you want to talk about carbon, let's just remember there's in-cycle carbon and out-of-cycle carbon, out-of-cycle is down, and the holes in the ground should be left there. In-cycle carbon is the carbon that it's already, the Earth is using it. It's in the grass as uh, mostly cellulose. is the, the main structural component of, of most plant fibers, uh, which is um, you take sugars and stick them together, you get starches and you stick starches together, and you get cellulose. and boy, is that an oversimplification? But hey, it's kind of how it's, what it's like. So it's a big carbon chain you can't digest cellulose very much, but you don't have whatever it is, five stomachs like a cow. So a cow actually, um, is a, is a walking compost pile. Uh, and can compost the grass. So, um, yeah, if you want, uh, to squeeze some money out of, uh, you know, or some sustenance out of, um, land that doesn't do much else. I mean, like a milk cow, say, suppose that you don't have uh, good pasture or whatever, but if you've got a milk cow and you can put her out, and I hesitate to tell people how much land in Texas because you're not gonna believe me, but if you've got one milk cow and you got 20 acres to let her wander on, um, she could probably survive all right without bought and feed, but she's not going to give enough milk that way and she'll get skinny and stuff. So you're still going to have to buy feed, except during the spring when you're going to get these nice crops of wheat, of uh, wheatgrass if, you're, if you, if you uh, drill wheat into the land. So uh, let's not get, you know, let's keep th- everything in, in uh, proportion here. I once had a deal going with some guys that were doing uh, tree service, so they were clearing the, the uh, power lines of potentially problemat- problematic uh, branches and throwing that stuff in a brush chipper. And then they would come by my place at the end of the day instead of going to the dumps, and they would put a whole dump truck full in the backyard. Now uh, this place is only a little over an acre. Uh, it's 150 by 300 feet. And the, I put like 10 dump truck loads and those are, we're talking like 10 yards a piece. So I had somewhere around a hundred cubic yards of chipped brush, okay, that I composted. Now I'm not saying it didn't make the vegetable garden better, which is like a 50 by hundred open section in the center, rear center of the yard. It's kind of like, t- it's. It's, it was laid out as two lots and the back lot is the vegetable garden and what I call the way back, which is my, uh, wildlife area. It was just mesquite trees growing wild and stuff like that. Well, that's a lot of compost. Where did it go? Okay. For a basic sort of analysis, uh, Take like a, say doesn't matter, ton of compost, so you get two thousand pounds, and that is let's say vegetable stuff, like uh vegetable garbage, uh, trimming some lettuce and and the uh, the inedible parts of uh vegetable plants and rotten vegetables and stuff that the bugs have eaten and various all that kind of stuff. Okay, that stuff is only about 10% solids. It's dry weight. will go. It'll go from 2,000 pounds of wet weight if you just dry it just by putting it out in the sun. And here in West Texas, we'll do that just fine. Bam, it's dry. And you'll have like these little, you'll say, what happened to that? I, there was a big uh, husk of a watermelon out here. What happened to that? And you pick up something that just looks like a dry leaf. And you're like, that's that whole piece of watermelon rind, just down to this? <gasps> so, you're, in the first place, the water is disguising the fact that there's really not very much there. Okay, next thing after that is NPK, nitrogen, potassium, and phosphorus, or nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. Potassium is the K most relative, by the way, of sodium. And potassium chloride is what they call that salt substitute. And uh, you probably should learn about your potassium-sodium balance because I believe uh, most people consume too much sodium and, and maybe not enough potassium. Uh, I was told by a cardiology nurse, in my side blood, high blood pressure, she said, don't just get rid of your salt, don't have it around. There's going to be too much salt in the processed foods that you're buying and everything. Uh, try to stay to like 80% of the maximum allowable on the food chart, and that still is too much, but it's to at least stay uh, to stay down below those limits. <clears throat> and then the potassium, that, that, that's um, the other side of the balance, and it's, uh, and it's way beyond, well, I'm not going to make any video about electrolyte balances because there's people that know a lot more than I do who have made videos about electrolyte balances, so watch theirs. Now, back on the compost, those three are the primary plant nutrients, nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium. You'll get nitrogen is like green leaf. So to make grass green, you put nitrogen. That's why lawn fertilizers are like 21% nitrogen or something, they almost no potassium or phosphorus because grass doesn't hardly need those things. Then um, potash, uh, potassium is found in wood ash. So if you have a wood stove or even a barbecue, you've got potash there. And then phosphorus is famously found in bone, which means after you finish eating your barbecue, throw the bones back in the coals and, and uh, let the fire wreck them. And you'll get a few percent of phosphorus out of a, essentially the same thing as bone meal. Uh, that Those are minerals and they're, it's not going to be destroyed by the fire. Okay. Now, on your compost you're looking at these very small amounts, okay, so we had a ton of vegetable garbage turn into 200 pounds of dry stuff, which, if you're lucky, is like two or three pounds of of uh, NPK expressed as uh, elemental, which means you only count the you count the nitrogen atom or you count the potassium or phosphorus atom but you don't count what it's attached to because what it's attached to make a whole heck of a lot of difference. Um, unless it's attached to like say if you if you have something where um, it's a, for instance a sulfate well if you get too much sulfur in the ground then yeah okay now you don't want to use um, a sulfate fertilizer and if you're organic, and I pretty much am, I use a little bit of soluble, uh, water-soluble fertilizer in my cell packs for the simple reason that that uh, little tiny pinch of soil like that will leach out and then there won't be any nutrients in it at all and the cell pack plants just will not grow. And you could use manure tea, or compost tea, and then you can get, a, get on uh, eBay and buy a little Chinese total salts meter and know what the total salts t- t- tolerance of your crop is, like uh, tomatoes, we could take tons of salt, so you don't have to worry about it, you can use any whole thing, and you can pee right next to a tomato plant, it's not going to kill it. But, in fact, it'll just feed it. But some things don't like the salts at all uh for instance uh the salt the uh gypsum which is magnesium uh carbonate you think of lime as calcium carbonate magnesium carbonate's pretty closely related compound there's a lot of that in the well water here uh and um it's a very sad story but after years of trying i finally got one Rose of Sharon, they call it, a rose mallow, um, to root, and I got it in the ground, and unlike the other years, this is about the fifth year, I finally got one plant to emerge in the spring, and it would have really been a nice plant, and it was right outside the window from my desk, and the gypsum mortar killed it, so after all that work, I got nothing. Um, because my water is t- just too nasty and, um, runoff water I could have used if I would I, I could have raised that thing on, uh, rainwater, although it would have been a lot of work, but it could have been done and the city water. I don't have because it's too expensive. So there's that now composting. Kind of you need a balance of uh, of uh, nitrogen to carbon. That is like maybe thirty or fifty to one. As but as far as you want to go. If you have less nitrogen than that, the stuff just won't heat, um, and that means, of course, you can pee on it, and then there you'll get uh, ureic acid, and so that's good or you can buy urea as a chemical but of course then you're going down the as soon as you start fooling around putting chemical fertilizers in you better understand the chemistry because you could very, very you can really take the soil chemistry where you don't want it to go and it doesn't the chemical fertilizers don't feed mostly the the the, uh, the, the microorganisms that the soil should have in them. So I use them like, oh, I get this triple 13 and I use like a, a couple of pounds a year that I throw around, I go around the perimeter where my screening mesquites and stuff are and I throw a little bit of this triple 13, um, which of course the mesquites just gobble up and and I think it makes them grow a little better. They, they certainly have some big, bad mesquites. Uh, and then they can pull more stuff out of the subsoil so they pull other minerals out because they're doing well. Okay, now the compost, your vegetable junk, if you're out there with a fork turning the compost, uh, I don't know, that's really the hard way. Um, The easy way, if you go really high volume, look for my video about the Archimedes composter, which is kind of like a progressive cement mixer thing based on the screw of Archimedes and which would be definitely the way to go if you were doing like 10 yards a day. Uh, Your regular compost, you need some air, not as much as people think, but you won't get enough, like grass clippings are the famous, grass clippings start to compost and then they collapse and there's no access for oxygen to get into the pile and then they get slimy and rotten and disgusting. And the fix for that is to use, if you're going to put the catch bag on your mower, that's fine, but then also use your mower to pick up the leaves wherever you don't want them. Leaves and twigs that are under the trees, you walk around, they get tangled in your shoes and they step and make you trip. and run over those things with the mower and the mower will chip them and mix them with the, the uh, grass clippings and then it'll that will compost and it won't bog down into slime. Uh, wood chips are not going to heat because they're too much carbon so you can add urea to them and run them right up to like 150 degrees Fahrenheit inside the pile, and that'll cook the stuff, but, uh, you don't really, uh, the best thing mostly to use wood chips for, to me, is, uh, for, uh, a mulch. A classic example would be, to, uh, plow the ground, lay out your rows, and then, um, uh, go the whole spaces between rows and pile wood chips on there like four, five inches deep. And that'll really keep the water in the soil. And then it won't really use a lot of nitrogen out of the soil because it doesn't, it's up on top of the soil where it can't suck at the nitrogen. Uh, So that shouldn't be a problem when eventually you go to clean everything up and you plow it all under then it, it is going to uptake nitrogen but the nitrogen it takes up it also gives back so it's just a matter of putting of the soil going through a period of having most of the nitrogen busy in the form of this eating up this these wood chips so if that's valid for you Otherwise, compost is really stuff that you just want to get rid of. I mean, like the rotten vegetables or something. But it's kind of stupid to put it in a truck and haul it off to the landfill. Uh, not because it's valuable stuff, but because it's worth something. Why take it away from the earth and put it down in a hole in the ground just to generate methane? You know, I was, you know, you, there's no need to do that. But most of my vegetable stuff, I just throw it out in the weeds. I don't do any kind of, I just throw it in the turn rows. Take a 55 gallon drum that has both ends rotted out of it. Stand it up in back, some back corner of the yard where the sun, there's not enough sun or anything else and you don't really use that spot for anything lay a plank across it for trimming on, and just go back there to trim your vegetables and just throw all the stuff in the drum. And you can throw it in there forever. It'll never fill up. When it gets kind of rotted down, the the worms will come and eat it all. So, what I'm trying to say here, you know, if you've got compost, if you've got leaf mold or something like that, and you're planting like a new tree or something, Of course use it for planting mix. What the heck? Yeah, it helps. But uh, don't spend money on anything for doing your composting with. Don't go out and buy. And here, I'll tell you what, the most expensive thing you should consider buying would be preferably just used fencing. But if you have to buy it new, get yourself some utility mesh fencing. And let's just suppose you have a back corner in your Nothing back there, uh, you know. And there's two fences that run into each other anyway. And then let's make these not wood fences; that will rot. Uh, okay. Then you just go across and make the triangle. And just go across with, dude, you know, chicken wire. Even if you have this, that's what you got. And close off that triangle and just make yourself a little space. You know, it might be five or ten feet on a side. And then grass clippings and uh the, you know when you cut up branches you can throw branches in that heap you don't really even need to fence it off uh, leaves the fence will keep leaves from being blown back into the yard again by the the winds if if you care um and then you can and you can throw your vegetable waste on there and all rest of that and uh, yeah, maybe you'll never even really use it to speak of or you'll you'll just like pull back the the fence at one end and uh, take your fork and throw a lot of the bulky stuff out of the way and and get a few shovel fulls of good leaf moldy stuff for, for planting some plant or something or possibly uh you might want to take that and make a little fire with your like, you know, one inch and under sticks, and put a big cooking pot from the thrift shop or fished out of some debris box or wherever to get something that's not has no value, and you. You can put a few bricks, down on the ground and. Um, or on my my setup, uh, it hangs from a chain from an old kid's swing that used no longer a swing, so I can raise and lower it through a block. I've got a little kind of round chain that goes through a three eighths block, and uh, then that hangs. And so I just make a fire and an oil drum sitting on the on the ground, up just propped up on bricks and then I lower that thing down until the fire's heating it. If it starts boiling over, I just raise it up and and pin the chain with it held up higher above the fire. And that's where all my uh, organic matter for potting soil comes from. You You get it boiling, and then basically once it's boiled, you can just let the fire go down and let it cool, and that'll kill pretty much every weed seed that's in it so you'll have this nice weed-free cooked compost and you'll have like some kind of compost tea stuff the water that you can pour next to like uh, your tomato plants or 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 around near the uh, pumpkins or something that really likes a lot of fertilizer and um then you mix that with some sand and you've got your potting soil and you don't have to pay $18 for one little stupid bag. Um, I use uh, a cement mixer to stir it up which is really cool if you can score an old beat the crap cement mixer cheap like I did. And then I store my potting soil in a, um, a bathtub which is an excellent place to put your potting soil if you can find an old bathtub for free. And then I have a little potting bench, which is um, a piece of corrugated roofing laying across the top of a, an oil drum that's missing both of its ends. And um, I sift, for my potting saw, I sift it half inch and then the stuff that's too big, I, one place that I can throw that kind of stuff is just down in that, uh, into that drum itself. Um, so that would that's like a really coarse version of potting mix that's in that uh, drum. If you get the bathtub, prop it up on bricks and make sure that the drain to the bathtub is not in contact with the soil or the trees will find it and they will send roots up into your potting soil and suck all the nutrients out of it and Fill it up with roots and crap, and, and you'll and you lose your potting soil, essentially. So, you know, uh, just get some old bricks, old cinder blocks or something like that. Anything will do. Just, if you do a good job of, you know, setting them and, you know, getting, the, getting them leveled out and things set firmly on them, then that'll be fine. It doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't look classy. I'll give you that. Oh, and then one more trick with the, uh, while we're back there at the potting bench is, um, take like some two by four, uh, utility mesh fencing or one by two, depending on what size you you like or what size you can get free. Um, and you take, uh, you know, maybe say a, a 24 inch, uh, round section off the roll. And then you cut um, like a 24 inch square section where you leave the, uh, all, the, all those wire ends sticking out. And you t- twist the, you go down the side of the, the rolled part and twist each of those wires around, uh, like we'll, we'll call them the horizontal wires twist each of those around the vertical wires of the of the other side so that makes a tube and then on the bottom you'd twist them all around whichever wires you can get at and um, just take like your fence pliers and maybe a little piece of of tubing is a really good thing for bending stiff wires with. You just stick it over the wire and you can go round and round and, and uh, it doesn't cut into your fingers and it gives you a lot of torque and so. And then trim like all the nasty hanging edges off. And what this thing is going to be, uh, well, I mean, you'll never, uh, you'll, the, the, these things will never be empty. These wire baskets like this, and you put it back by the potting bench. And every time you have a pot that we plant a pot, out, uh, plant a plant out and you got this pot, well, you can put it in that basket. And then the wind won't blow them all over the yard, and and the dog won't find them and play with them. And you'll actually have them when you're ready to pot something else up. You'll be able to fish those out. And then if you really graduate, you'll take like an old shed, like I happen to have, ancient, horrible thing with a low ceiling and everything else, but... I can go in there and sit on a bucket and I have a little shelf, like a, kind of like I'm sitting at a desk. And under the desk is my flats and on top of the desk is my, uh, like, uh, boxes of uh, cell packs and uh, stuff like that. And and some of those baskets full of miscellaneous crap. And uh, so like I put everything that uh you know if i I put them in stacks like and then and and then I can slip those in underneath that i 'm going to call it a bench it 's really like a table I slip it in there and with all the pots stacked in you know rows and columns in in there so you, you can put like you know hundreds of four inch pots all together in uh in a flat and stick in there. And then, you know, like years later, you may be doing something where you actually need all those pots. So I always, I'd throw away the crappy ones and i save the good ones. And uh, if you don't ever use them, sooner or later, you'll come across a small-scale wholesale nursery where they use used pots. Like this used to be me, and I'd be... Oh, yeah, you know, I'll give you a flat of these, uh, whatever, daisies or something like that for, you know, like a whole pickup truck full of miscellaneous used crap. And, um, of course, that stuff is just trash for most people, but you just just uh, s- stack it up. There's so, there is somebody that wants it. You can put it on Craigslist as a free item and make somebody very happy that's in little small-time wholesale nursery guy or, or some gardener that puts a lot of stuff in containers uh, to begin with in the spring. And then always like to have lots of the containers that you use, you always like to have lots of them around. So make your compost, but don't make an obsession of it. Uh, if you don't know what to do with the stuff, just get throw it out in the weeds and let it rot and give it to Mother Nature to deal with. Don't be, don't be thinking that it's precious. You start spending a lot of time on getting compost and turning compost and composting compost and watching videos about compost, and it, it, it's not a big thing. It's a small thing. It's just rotten leaves and junk, and and uh, you know you really need to have your attention more on like. What can I grow in this garden that the climate will actually tolerate, that I will actually eat? You know, do I like dry beans? Well, okay. What are the most valuable dry beans? And can I grow that variety in my garden? Um, squashes, jeez, I mean, you like spaghetti squashes? Well, grow them. They'll, those things will last all winter. You just take them and you just put them somewhere where they're like, out of the rain and out of the sun, you know, like just in the shade in some old, you know, half collapsed garden shed or something like that in boxes. And and then this winter when you're kind of like, geez, uh, grocery prices are really high, you know, you can invite the neighbors over and have a big squash cooking. And I, I guess that's when you know, somebody's pig comes to a bad end too, but, you know, if you're into that. Pigs are a pain in the backside to keep, but if somebody wants to do it, there's no better way to compost than to feed to a pig. Or I use my dog for, that's how I process my bones. I hand him to the dog and say, process. And he's a pit bull, so crunch, crunch, crunch. And I, I mean, it takes him literally seconds to, to eat a, Uh, pork rib bone which is like a a, to him it's a potato chip and uh, and then he goes out someplace out in the yard but he's not allowed outside of the yard because he chases cats so he has to be kept in but he goes out somewhere in the yard and deposits these uh, semi-digested fragments of Chewed up bones, and it all goes back to nature, and it's all cool, and then everything gets greener and greener. The more stuff gets saved on the earth, the more there's just more life here. Um, Same thing with like your bread. If you don't, when I didn't have a dog, I used to throw it up on the roof for the birds, and then the squirrels came and got it too. The squirrels are fine. Why do people love birds and then they don't like the squirrels? I'm going to keep those squirrels away from my bird food. That's for the birds, not the squirrels. Jeez, just put the moldy bread out and let the squirrels eat it. Just take it easy. And with that, I say, have a good time composting. Enjoy your garden. Remember to, like, get the fun out of it. Remember to look at those flowers that you went to all that trouble to grow and you... Get a really nice ones and stop and look at it and just contemplate the thing and like kind of clear your mind until it's just you're looking at the flower and that's like all you're seeing and just experience something like that and you can't do it for very long but I mean just if you could do that like once a month even you know don't be living in the past and the future and, and Twitter 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 can... KMA. I'm not gonna play that game no more.